<laughs> Hello. That man was a fucking creep, wasn't he, though? All them singers had creepy but songs. But that was a creepy video. Remember Into the Night? No, I don't remember the video. Was it the song? Talking about a 16-year-old? No. It's a good song, though. Anyway. It's a good song, though. R. <laughs> Kelly. It was I, a good I song, know. though. We excuse it. Anyway, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're still in hiding. Fluffy's a criminal, and I'm just along for the ride. Mm. Um, okay, well, today we're going to talk about, or maybe revisit or go into depth more, I guess. Okay. How it feels to come out of a long-term relationship mm -hmm. with someone who you were in love with, mm -hmm. and how that kind of fades out, and then going and trusting someone new like how difficult that can be okay for me right. i was thinking the other day that i was like oh you know i don't think i've opened up a hundred percent yet of course not and you've been but you've you're kind of I, I wouldn't say special i think that it's typical for women probably to be more like that more guarded mm. and you know what i mean i think because I don't know if it's because of you guys use your emotions more over need or whatever it is. I don't know. You would have to open up and tell the people why you do what you do. But I, that's just my assumption is that women are a little more guarded with opening up. Because I couldn't imagine. Because you was like, you didn't, I guess, do anything with anybody for like four years or something. Mm -mm. Right? It was like four years. Yeah, and then before that, I was just in a marriage for such a long time. And that, that that number was what? Like, you hadn't been with another guy for like 19 years or something? No, no, no. How like, long was uh, it? 13 years. 13 years, yeah. And then add on some years to that, you know, what for do you mean add on? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Stuff, so. so about 14, 15 years, you had only been with that one guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you broke up and you wasn't with anybody for four years. Yeah. So it wasn't like it was fresh out of a relationship for you, but it was, it just took you <clears throat> that long to trust. Even, yeah. even not trust a hundred percent. Well, to even think about trusting, right? It like took a, four years for you to even think about trusting. Like I told you before, my whole mental thing was like, if I'm on a date, People are gonna get about ten percent because okay. that's 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 all I got for you. <laughs> okay. So what was the other ninety percent going to? Me. Okay. Because I couldn't I had like no tolerance for anything, especially when I was trying to date. I was like, This is awful. This is awful. Especially okay, not dating for so long. But what made it so awful? Was it because you were used to being in something or had dating changed so much? What, what was so well, two, awful about it? Both of those things. Because I got out of the field in 2004. That's early. You mean out of the field, out of the out dating field? Out of the field, dating field. Off the landmines. <laughs> the battlefield. And it was, you know, it was very different then. Like back in my day, the war was going <laughs> on in nineteen nine. I got out of there and retired. Settle down. So you miss all the changes of okay. the dating world, you know? Yeah. Yeah, number two is I was looking for a certain caliber of person. Mm -hmm. And I told you I sat down with my friend one day and I said, I want a man, 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 man. 
Right. Like, I don't want no baby boy. Right. Or baby man. Mm-hmm. Or somebody who wants me to mother them because I'm not doing that. Right. Then I told you a few of my experiences were... Cargo pants. Ugh. Yeah, and then the guy I shoe video guy. chatted with. Shoe who, guy. Well, that's a different one. Okay. So, shoe guy. I was like, no. No. He was trying your to impress shoes you. are your most important thing. Yeah, he was trying to impress her with uh, <clears throat> his vast collection of athletic footwear. He had a whole Instagram dedicated to it. Just his footwear. Yeah, I was like, get out of here. He thought he was going to sleep with her <laughs> with his footwear. Like, Check out these Jordans <sighs> rare. What are you going to do? Throw them in the air and we'll frolic in them? No, like, he was going to put them on and just okay. make squeaky sounds. Squeak, 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 squeak. You hear how those sound? Here, let me put these on. Squeak, 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 squeak. See the difference? Yeah. Trying to impress you with them shoes. But it's difficult. So give an example of what you expected a date before marriage and how was dating after marriage. When you went back into dating, what was you expecting from these guys? Dating before marriage was people would just come up to you. You know, people would just talk to me or ask me out Mm -hmm. or we'd meet like, you know, wherever. And then they'd ask me out, Okay. which happened a lot, you know, but then after everybody's online and everybody's a creepity creeper and or a jackass, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people can hide behind a computer. Yeah. And then when you add mix that with dating. There's narcissistic people hiding, a ton of them hiding in that world. Well, I think nowadays most people are narcissistic because the environment that our country has, you know, or I would say most of the modern world has become. Instagram and, you know, all of these things made it all about you. And there's always, an, as I call, I mean, there's a lot of people call them echo chambers to make you feel that you're valid in anywhere space you want to live if you want to live in the you know pro women or the pro man or the you know the vegan or the gay right there's always an echo chamber saying that we screaming the loudest that we are the most right you know what i mean that's like having a kid who can't sing right and, and you you're, encourage you're them like to sing. oh you sound fabulous right when they sound like shit mm-hmm. It sets them up for failure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, and that's that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why with a lot of the stuff that I listen to and look at, I try to look at both sides evenly, but a lot of the stuff is just leaning towards everybody is so self-centered that it's only about the way that they few things and it's never like a real relationship it's never really um it's very rare to find people that will invest in you what you invest in them and give you the opportunity that they want you to give them you know what i mean it's very rare that you can find two people that will do that for each other where back in the day mm-hmm. i think people were more open to that but now people are so afraid of being heard or whatever it is that they you know claim it is they they shell themselves in. I mean, just like what you said, you were given 10%, you know, because mm-hmm. of where you were, you know? And also, you know, I'm a person that you have to earn my trust and I'll open a little more, a little more, a little more mm-hmm. because just in, for me, it's my own self-protection, mm-hmm. the way I go about it. Right. And Some that's, people don't need to do that. No. Like me, my thing is, I try to, 
leave myself open to let people be who they are. I don't I don't really do the standoff thing. I kind of, you know, if I'm into you, I'm into you. I'm willing to spend time with you. I'm willing to do this. But it, I have to see something of, I guess, the thing that we talk most about is the potential. I have to see some type of potential for us to be going somewhere before I will even you know consider that mm. so a lot of people will take somebody because of this because of that and i can i can be attracted to somebody and not want to date them if i don't see potential you know what i mean but sometimes it could be fully con- uh fully attraction it could be whatever it is that draws me to a person but i generally am pretty open with everything that i have going on um you know i i give that person that chance to fuck it up because i'm not like you know I, I don't feel that i'm naive to a lot of stuff mm-hmm. so you know i will if i see something that i don't like i will call that person out on it and depending on their response will be you know the next step for me because yeah. I think it's, it leaves it open because sometimes you may get a bad vibe from somebody. And it's been times that I dated people that I got a bad vibe, but then they turned out to be hella cool. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So unless they really do something that's fucking shit, then uh, all right, we'll see where it go. Yeah. <clears throat> but I think it's harder for a woman to do that. You know what I mean? Because of the emotions. Because I think... When you let somebody in, you know, it's, I guess, harder for you guys to separate certain things. So you take more of your time. Yeah. And that's taking your time is fine. I don't it is. I think it. that's another difference. I think when dating younger and older mm-hmm. is you can hop around and date and have the energy for that and be like, OK, oh, I like this. Person. No, I don't like that doesn't work. You know, right? <clears throat> I think it's just easier to cut it off as you get older because you know what's gonna what you're gonna go through. I think you know. I mean, you kind of understand like this person is this type of person if you see things. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of easier when you're younger too. You think so? I didn't really. If something wasn't working for me, I'm like, yeah, I'm not. Well, I I'm think out. it. The, the the issue is, and this is why I say for men and women, it, it gets different as as uh, you age. So, you know, in, in the manosphere, they have a thing called the wall. When you hit the wall for a woman, it's like all of those certain opportunities that you would have had when you were young where guys like kind of try to talk to you all the time or you have all of this uh, male attention is what they call it. It kind of dries up after a certain age for women, you know what I mean? Where men generally hit our stride around 35 to 40 is where we kind of hit our, I guess, financial and um, where we are more attractive to women. Mm. And there's generally more women out there for men of that age and of a certain caliber. So the, the... the options kind of go up where as for you know women the options kind of go down is what it is you know what i mean so like where you were getting a lot of attention when you were younger and you can just say fuck that guy and be in another relationship it gets kind i wouldn't say it gets harder but the caliber of guy gets harder mm-hmm. to attract you get what i'm saying so you could probably pull like fucking millionaire or something and now it's kind of like okay now it's working class guys once you get a certain age you know what i mean but a lot of people my age now mm-hmm. are married, they have a family, or they're divorced. That's the other thing, with, when you go online and you're talk, trying to find people, mm-hmm. they're probably divorced yeah. and may or may not have worked on their issues. Okay. 
So you don't know what you're going to get, you know. Yeah, and it just, you know, because generally they say that, uh, you know, when you get divorced, either, I, I don't want to say that you work on it, but if, if, if a person left you, I think generally you have more things to work on, and it depends on if you understand why they left you too. Because some people are pieces of shit and do a bunch of fucked up shit and get left. You know what I mean? And some people are just, you know, with, with most divorces are initiated. I think 80-something percent are initiated by women. And some of it is for, for the for the money. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so a lot of these just boredom and just seeing other things. So who leaves in a situation that's a cheating situation? Who's the person that leaves? I think it's, it's mostly the fuzzy. women. I think it's mostly the women, generally. If you look up the, the numbers, women, if... If we're talking about marriage and divorce, women leave, mm-hmm. and it's for all different types of reasons. But a lot of what, what I think the one of the biggest issues for men is that women leave because they have the either the no-fault divorce, because a lot of them are no-fault divorces. You know what I mean? And that just means that you guys been together or unreconcilable, what is it, unreconcilable differences or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. So that's basically like it's just not working. And when they leave, they can take half of the guy's shit. So depending on, you know, whether it's a cheating situation or what what the real situation is, it could be anything. It could be just boredom, just not happy. And I think for women, just not being happy in this time of where you are the center of attention kind of... um, Isn't boredom a personal problem, though? Yeah, but it still doesn't stop them from wanting to do other things so if, you know like where where a lot of where women cheat what what do you hear is the main excuses like if you if you mm. really pay attention to what do women use why they would cheat on their husband i have no idea because i haven't really you always you're always at work yeah. you're here i'm always by myself you weren't mm. here when i needed you you come home you do this you do that and i need this and that's generally what most of the excuses are for women that disconnect from their husbands, probably start chatting with some guy online, kind of hook up, meet, and then things happen. Where guys is, and then with, with the women, when they do that, they generally will fall in love with that other man. Because mm-hmm. generally when women do things like that, they have to be connected. They, don't, they can't just separate the sex from like, oh, I needed sex. And like that, that attorney was saying on uh, soft, uh, white underbelly, you know, men can go out and just have sex with somebody and not be attached to them and come back and be with their wives. But it's like a lot of, a lot of things that you hear is that the wives don't want to give up sex. The wives don't want to do this. They use sex almost <coughs> as a bargaining chip. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if they're not happy in their situation, instead of almost looking at it as duty, which I mean, it should be a little bit more than duty and honesty, but then it sets the guy up because he, he said he dealt with some dude that hadn't had sex with anybody in, I think he said three years. His wife didn't give him sex in three years, and she divorced him for going to the massage parlor and getting hand jobs. He just wanted to connect. She literally left his ass for getting hand jobs, you know, but, but she didn't want to give him sex. I never understood people that use sex that way because when you're well if in you're a not, relationship right isn't it more beneficial for you both to be working on that department you know 
well, I think with men and women, it, we look at it different because it's different if you boyfriend and girlfriend than if you're married. Women use sex, especially if it's not like certain women have high sex drives. And usually when you get older, you do have higher sex drives where it's more quality sex than it was back in the day. Maybe you had sex with a guy just to show him that you like him. Maybe you really didn't want to, but you would just go through with it. Where now it's like, no, I actually enjoy having sex as, you know, as, mm -hmm. as you get to know your body. Um, so I think that, but there is a point where guys will just want sex all the time. And it may not be the best quality for the woman, right? We kind of get into routines and it's not the best quality. We just like, oh, we're just going to do this and go to sleep or whatever, you know. You know how I go after you kind of show the wind. So I think sex for both people, I think it should be looked at as a duty. But I think that you both should um, try to keep it fresh too. You know, try to do different things. Try to explore it because, like like I said, over time, it's only going to be so much things you're going to do that's going to keep it fresh to where it gets like routine. It just, it just happens. Everybody goes through it, you know what I mean? Unless you're just kind of like Christian or whatever and, and we can only do it missionary, you know, shit like that. You know, it's some religions that you can only do it a certain way. Mm -hmm. It's like you, you can't fucking do a 6-9 one time. No, going to hell. <laughs> fucking over Jesus is, Jesus is keeping notes every time you do it so you know what I mean certain <laughs> religions you can only do it a certain way and it's like how exciting is that for anybody involved mm -hmm. you know what I mean so in your like so so it may be sometimes that you want to do it and I may not want to do it but if you want to do it I think it's my duty to do that because if I don't do it then that opens the door for you going somewhere else you get what i'm saying and i don't think people look at that i think once you get married it's like no matter what i do my partner is supposed to sit there in it and just accept everything that i do and whether it's beneficial or detrimental to them just accept it you know what i mean and i think that's unfair you know because it'll be times that you know and mostly i think it's mostly in most cases it's mostly the woman that doesn't want to do it all right well let's bring it back to Mm -hmm. Coming out of mm -hmm. long-term relationships, mm -hmm. how did so? Now, how did you feel? I mean, out for of me, going to something different. I, I feel like for me because I was dealing with, I guess, two people, and you know, like I, I always say, they knew about each other. Um, my first one uh, that that it uh, kind of got out of the relationship. It was the person that I was more close to that I was like together for with for years. We never really separated through the thick and the thin. We were kind of there, you know what I mean? And that was more of my um, friend attachment type of thing where the second one where I got engaged was a person that I felt was a better person for me overall, but we could never seem to stay together for a year or, you know, more than a few months at a time. It was like a toleration thing. But I think with me, with this time with her, it was like I was all in because I did get engaged to her. And I, I felt that it would kind of change the relationship and uh, make her see more of a long term. But I think just like what I talked about, you know, all of the other Instagram stuff, I think that 
it's all about her. It was all about her and whether she was happy or whether this and whether that. And I, like I said, in my, I believe that she tried her best to, to, you know, do what was right for the relationship. But I think um, it just wasn't what she was made for at the end of the day. I think she's kind of made to be in her space. So for me, it wasn't really like this devast. I mean, I guess I was devastated and emotionally uh, tied to her or whatever, but I think that moving on is always something that I did. And I think, for me, I think the sooner a person can move on and start doing other things, the better. I think when you sit for too long, you can only work on yourself so long before you sit in something and it becomes your your dating skills. Because like I said, I was only dealing with those two people. My, uh, I guess, I don't, what is it, dating or meeting people skills had kind of atrophied because I wasn't actively using them. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I had the game to go out and just talk to everybody inside or do whatever it was. So you kind of sit in this place and if, if you sit in something so long, that becomes normal to you. So now where is it's harder to let people in because now you're like, you're closed off. You get what I'm saying? And for me, I didn't want to get closed off. I wanted to be open i wanted to get out there and experience life because life is short and who knows you know if i sat for four years i could be dead in the next four years and then i never got close to nobody and experienced the things that i should have been experiencing so for me i look at it like the sooner you can get back out there and you're not like super hyper focused on that person and you know kind of want the things and you can kind of let it go I think that's the right time or realize that it's over for me I realized that it was over you know what I mean I realized mm-hmm. that it would never be the same I realized that we weren't going to just mend it you know and get back together like that it was going to either take time and work and it was something that I wasn't really willing to pursue like that you know what I mean because yeah. why well, keep pursuing something that keeps running away from me so. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, because I tried to fix our marriage and our relationship, but there was no effort. Like, they didn't, like, they didn't even fight for me or want to fight for me or or nothing. It was like, okay, well. Was this after he did his thing or was this before? Before. So, see, I don't really know what the situation was between y'all, right? Like... It was just y'all, just him not working in certain things. So maybe he felt inadequate in certain things like that. You know what I mean? Where he didn't feel like it was there. You know what I mean? Because guys, guys, and this is what I was, uh, I'm actually, you know me, always getting into debates on shit. I posted that. I don't know if you've seen it. It was uh, something about uh, I don't need a man. And it was like a woman. And then it was her daughter. She was like, I don't need the, a man. And the dad was going out the door. And then it was a young man. That's And then the girl, he was saying, I don't even want to be a man. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like the, the situation was, I don't need a man. I don't need a man. I don't want to be a man. Meaning that he was going to possibly be grow up to be gay. Right? <coughs> and this girl came on there. And I understand why she came on there. Because when I went and looked at her profile, she had two boys I think that she was raising and something she was it was almost like for what the guy was saying 
I mean, what the picture was saying, she didn't need no man, queen, king, something, whatever the fuck she had on her stuff. And it was just like, you know, she was kind of debating, trying to say that it's a, it's a systemic thing over this. But I'm like, yeah, it can be systemic. But this, she was like, this is not true. And it comes from Jim Crow and all of this other crap. And I'm like, well, you have to consciously make a decision to put a man out of your life and then be this independent person and say you don't need a man. And not necessarily will it make your kid gay, but it will make your your son more emotional or more prone to acting like his mother when it comes to certain situations unless she's a really really level-headed person you get what i'm saying when when trouble arises she's not screaming and running around and showing her ass and getting emotional because a guy a man being in a boy's life can regulate that and pull him to the side and shake him up and be like you don't act like that that's not how you act and she just not grasping that. You see what I'm saying? So, like, with your situation, the guy that you was involved with was a, a single, raised by a single mother, right? Mm-hmm. So, he's more prone to throwing tantrums. He's more prone to getting his way. Plus, he's a single child. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I think that's where it, it gets, um, where people don't want to see certain things that's detrimental to young men and it's kind of it's bad for women too because i notice a lot of girls whose daddy's girls are really really strong-minded and they do tend to have more masculine energy than people who are raised in two family households you know what i mean i will say i don't think my ex liked that about himself though right i think he knew but he couldn't control but he it. couldn't pinpoint he couldn't control it yeah and i kept trying to tell like bring him back to like okay think of your parents and how they acted mm-hmm. and we get those things from yeah our parents. it starts at the home like you got to go back and understand why you're reacting certain ways mm-hmm. And like I said, you know, generally, I don't, I mean, now I, it's hard because men freak out like that now because a lot of men have been raised by single mothers and they do get emotional and they do tend to snap in. It's studies on this shit everywhere. You know what I mean? But people, mm. people still refuse to acknowledge that it's better to have two parents in the household to raise your kids because a girl can see how a man is supposed to treat you. And you won't have that attitude of, I don't need no man. Because everybody really, at the end of the day, needs somebody. You may not need a man right now. You may not need a partner right now. And the independent and having the trips and all of that stuff is fun. But eventually that shit is going to play out, especially when your health plays out. Then you're going to expect for your kids. And if you don't have kids, who are you going to lean on? You know what I mean? When that happens, it's like people don't take that into account. Like... What are you going to do? So generally, like we were talking about the income, right? To ha- have $100,000 in San Francisco means you're low, low class. You know what I mean? You're not mm-hmm. you're not keeping up with the curve. $100,000. Everybody was like, if you made 100000 a few years ago, you were doing great. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, it, it, it's what how time is going and how things are going. People don't understand. It takes two people to live a, a fulfilling life. So we're a little off topic, though. I don't know about that. I think all of this kind of goes into it. So I think for me, 
as soon as I felt knew that me and this person wasn't going to get together anytime soon, it was okay for me to move on because I don't I don't want to waste my time as a 47-year-old black man waiting on something or trying to fight for something that doesn't want to be fought for. And you know, and I think that certain people use that as manipulation. You know what I mean? And I got tired of, I feel felt like being manipulated for a person to get their way and they weren't willing to give me my way. So, mm. yeah, I think moving on is, is all up to the person and what are you trying to do? How long do you think, you know, someone should take on, on that journey? Depends on the person, you know. I was fine with my timeline because I was working on other stuff, like my health and everything wasn't too great, so... I didn't really want to drag someone into my life where I was just not feeling good. And but do you think that maybe if someone would have been there, all of that worry and all of that other stuff probably wouldn't have ever become that big of an issue? For Well, before I got married, yeah. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying after you got married and this guy stressed you out. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, and the reason why I'm saying that is because since me and you've been together, a lot of the issues that you suffer from kind of not been showing their heads as much. No, I know. I mean, I got to a point where so do you think, I had to think about... Do you think that if you would have gotten involved earlier that you probably wouldn't have suffered as much? I don't think so. Why? Because I know my body, I, and I know what was going on with me, and mm-hmm. that that's not the case. But it was stress, though, right? It was a residual... <laughs> right. Trauma, stress, and just my body had to work it out, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't think that would have helped at all because dating can be is stressful too. No, I mean, if you would have found someone that was good for you and you didn't have to stress, is what I'm saying. I think oh. that I believe that you would have been in the same condition you are in now, but earlier. Because you dwelling on thing and having somewhere to release some frustrations, having companionship, it just does something for people. You know what I mean? And being Mm -hmm. alone, even me, like coming home to my empty house, and it was kind of depressing when you're used to it having so much life. Because, you know, I lived with kids, but even having him here, you know, when you weren't arguing, I know Mm -hmm. that it had to feel good coming home compared to coming home to just emptiness. I mean, you had your cats, but, you know, it's different than having a person to talk to and interact with and, you know, laugh with and all of that stuff. You know what I mean? It's it's completely different. Like, even from, like I said, when me and you got together, just having our time on the phone and stuff like that, I looked forward to the conversation. I looked forward to when we would see each other and stuff like that because coming home to the empty house and, you know, going to sleep in a car for work and stuff like that. It was, it, I wouldn't say it was depressing. And it probably was something that I should have embraced a little bit more because I'm starting to understand the value of having that time to myself. But I think at the at that time, it was more like more depressing than an understanding of having this like serene time to just do nothing. You know what I mean? When I have free time. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that I, I think that my my situation happened the way that it was supposed to happen, and I wouldn't yeah. change anything. I'm not. I think in the end, all things do happen the way that they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. You know, 
yeah. for whatever and you meet people for a certain reason and right. you learn certain things that you can take to the next thing yep so <clears throat> how do you feel about getting to know a new person or getting to know me and kind of just being open well for me it was just like i i you you see me i can go anywhere and i if someone talks to me, I kind of have a conversation. Like, like when I be on the phone, you'll just hear how me and someone kind of spark up a conversation or something, and it'll just kind of be like this conversation. So I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy um, learning anything. I enjoy learning people. I enjoy people's perspectives. Yeah, it's it's never been an issue for me to meet people. You know what I mean? I don't have an issue with meeting people and, you know, and so I think with me and you, it was that I've known you and that I'd had a crush on you and that, you know, it was just something that I wanted to pursue. You know what I mean? And it was like, okay, this is over. I know that this is over. So why not? You know what I mean? Yeah. Your situation was over and, you know you kind of we kind of enjoyed just hanging out and you like i said i wasn't pursuing you with anything in mind like oh i'm gonna have sex with her or anything it was just like the companionship just being able to talk to somebody about what you know i was going through and you was talking to me about what you had went through so i think that's where it started and you know just i think like like i said when i came over that one time and you showed me the little uh things you had showed me that you know that the lessons no you didn't show your tips but the lessons that you had gave me I felt the connection and it was a strong connection but I was involved and like I was like oh she's really down to earth because I always looked at you as like I would say I want to say out of my league but like stuck up more I don't know it was just like, because you were this really like straight-laced person, and I'm not. I'm like, I'm straight-laced to a certain degree. But when I talked to you, like, before all those times, I was like, we would never find any common ground or really have too much in common with a lot of shit. But then after we started talking, we had a lot in common. For me, I have a lot of, a wide range of friends. And I don't even think you know this about me, but... Oh, I know it. There's... You ain't got no black friends. She got a wide range of white friends. <laughs> I do. I got a whole rainbow, but I. But what, hold on. What oh, class what? do they stop at? Like meet middle class? Because you ain't got no low class friends. I'll be trying to put you up on stuff. She is not in the hood, y'all. I don't know ghetto friends. She don't right? have any ghetto friends. The only ghetto people, black people in my life are it's me, family, and me. <laughs> okay. my ghetto family but, you know, they're not even that ghetto from what I see but okay oh you haven't seen everyone well we gotta we gotta introduce me the, they're my people <laughs> you know I I like to know different people because if I'm attracted to talk to the same people or the same mm-hmm. you know how people get in clicks yeah <clears throat> I, I hate that like I need a range of people who are different mm-hmm. because it's boring to have friends that are all the same. No, I I you know get I mean? it. You know me. I, I deal with all types of people. I I don't I don't just hang around my people. I'm I have people that are millionaires that I hang mm-hmm. with. 
um, different races, religions. Um, I've never been just stuck in the hood. You know what I mean? But yeah. the hood is my foundation. You know what I mean? But I can get out of the hood. I can, you know, I don't, I've, I was raised, I wouldn't say I was raised in the hood, but I was raised on the outskirts of the hood. But I went to the hood and learned the hood and did all of that. So I think my foundation was Baptist church, living with my great-grandmother is most of my life. And um, figuring out that and moving into the hood I think was good because it showed me how to be in that. But I could still separate myself from it. Yeah. But I don't think that you know getting to know you there's certain things that i can appreciate because you can take a college educated person mm -hmm. but you can also take someone from the hood and they have probably a little bit more of an edge because they can know everything that college educated person knows mm -hmm. plus street skills mm -hmm. how to survive which will get them further in life yes i agree well sometimes they don't get killed. Doctor or something. But, yeah. Um. So I don't think it's. I don't think people should look down on. No. Anyone's environment that they've grown up Unless in. Unless they become the environment, because some well, people yeah, become the environment. Drug addicts. And well, not just the drug addicts. Even it could be someone that's kind of doing good at work, but they can't separate themselves from the lifestyle of the hood. You know, it could be like, because yeah. there's guys that I know that work a job. It was a guy recently at, at a job that I used to work for. And I drove buses, you know, a long time ago, back in the past life, <laughs> right? And this guy, and, and I wasn't there when it happened, but this guy got hired on, mm -hmm. doing good. Everybody thought the guy was cool. He went back to the hood to hang out and got murdered. You work a nine to five, bro. Why are you back in the hood? Mm. Yeah, he got murdered. He was just fresh out of class, and it was like oh, no. he went to hang out with the with the homies, and you know, mm -hmm. shit went down, and he lost his life. And you know, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure he had a family, you know. So now they're out of this good job that he fought for to get, you know. Gotta stay out. Gotta stay out, baby. Yeah, and I think me knowing you before, though, made it easier yes. for me to... Kind of trust me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know that did. Because if I was just a regular guy that you met, you would n I would not have been the type of person <laughs> you would have talked to. Like the L.A., I think the L.A. experience kind of gave you a little... Because we got caught, we did some wild shit. Like the gas station shit where, you know, I met what up you with... you we? We. You was with me. We was together, man. Like, you was like, what the... I know you was kind of like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I was like, I'm about to buy this shit off this dude that I don't know in L.A. Mm -hmm. And, uh... Yeah. I liked your energy, though. Like, I can instantly tell when I know I like people. Okay. Well, I'm glad you liked me because you used to look at me like you hated me. What? Yeah. That's just how I looked. I know. That's what I said. You used to look at me like you hated my guts. I was like, God damn! I ain't even do. I ain't even say that to you yet. I stayed away from you in class. <laughs> Cause at first I said, like, Oh, who is this new girl? But I didn't know that you had been there before me. Uh -huh. The first, you know, times that I seen you, I was like, Who is this? And I was like, I came and said hi, and you just 
me out and after that we went to LA and I got in the car with me I was like what you're gonna ride out with your boy and we rode out and it was cool we listened to Sade and stuff and the only thing I remember you saying is I don't know what I'm assuming now that it must have been some like rock and roll music or something that I played and you were like I try to get my husband to uh listen to this and he just will not um, it might have been because you know people get stuck on a genre yeah and it's like man you gotta mix it up yeah and how you living your life like this that? Is one one thing all the time yeah <laughs> I, I can't do the hip-hop all the time mm. i really don't like none of the new hip-hop i mean i like a few but because that's how i grew up you know all my friends as a teen we listened to everything we weren't just in into one thing which was really nice because we can just talk about music or mm. you know you are very musically inclined last stuff. night when i woke up i played uh some music quiz game mm-hmm. on my alexa because it had like this is a play this is a music quiz game just listen to the song and answer and i played that and i was i was getting shit wrong i was like i know that this shit <laughs> all right so Mrs. Uh, Maestro has uh, one more question. Well, the second... <coughs> Whoa, COVID. Excuse me. Yeah, I'm getting over the COVID. The COVID. That's how you know when you're getting old. You <laughs> the in front of everything. The MTV. Wear your mask, people. Wear your mask. is coming. December. And December, my conspiracy theories lockdown full. And... Wash your hands and use your sanitizer. Wash your ass. <laughs> wash, your, wash your ass too. Wash your butthole. Because look, you don't want this. You're gonna get bad diarrhea. <laughs> you don't want no parts of this shit. Man. If you ever seen uh, <sighs> what was it? Hey, but you know what? One good Day thing. Next to a toilet. Hey, one good thing was the COVID diet though. It kickstarted her, <laughs> <laughs> her weight loss program. <laughs> Kick, I know. Kick that shit in high gear. If you don't die. <laughs> if you don't die, you will look a fucking amazing. You know, so go out there and lick some handrails. And, you know. Get your COVID diet on. Free 99. Just yeah. let people cough in your face. All right. So. Oh, man. Okay, then the second part of the, the question mm-hmm. was, how do you know... <laughs> How do you know if you're... I don't know. Best answer I heard all week. You don't know. That's the whole thing. You don't know. You never know. You don't know. You never know. And that's just what it is. I mean, you for me, like, I, I don't know if you listened to the interview with my friend. One of the things that I agree with is that sometimes you just have, well, most of the time you should just live in the present. You know what I mean? How do you feel now? If you worry, he said this. If you live in the past, you're going to suffer from depression. If you live in the future, you're going to suffer from anxiety. Yeah, I said that. Well, you said it. He said it. You know, we did an interview that. So you may have just threw it out there at some point during (laughs) our conversations. But, 
you know, this one is bookmarked for me. Look, people. Well, this is what I'm saying. I be dropping these she be dropping gems, these gems, and he don't catch them. I catch them in the moment, but it's like, you well, know. He had to do a whole interview with someone. To hold get on, that. hold on, hold on, hold on. Are we doing this? Because I just said hella shit to you, and you'd be like, oh, I don't remember you saying that. Are we really? I got memory this? problems. Well, right. obviously, I, I do as well. Okay. But no, I'll definitely give you props if you said it. But I mean, I think that's the realest thing. You got to live your life that way. Mm-hmm. We only promised right now. Like, fuck, tomorrow it could be all over. You know what I mean? Nobody's guaranteed shit. Yeah, the aliens could come. And yeah, or you can just fucking drop dead, all. too. You know what I mean? So it's, you I know. I fall down the stairs and crack my head. Anything. You know, you could have massive diarrhea and blow out a kidney. Who knows? You know what I mean? Anything is possible. So, you know, you yeah. have to understand that. Trying to, even me, that's one of the things that I have to do. Because I think I'm so, I don't live in the past. That's one of the benefits of my my life. I I don't, a lot of shit that's in the past, I don't remember. Like dates, you know, I've had a lot of traumatic shit happen to me. And it's just like, I don't focus on it. I'm more worried about the future, but I think it does give me anxiety. That's why I have a lot of sleepless nights and this and that. But living in the moment, just where I'm at right now and accepting it for what it is and knowing that nothing is permanent makes everything easier. So you just enjoy where you are. You just accept where you are and whatever comes, you deal with it as it comes. And that's not saying don't be prepared for, you know, life's what you can prepare for. But don't live in fear of, you know, whatever's to come because trust me something that you fear is eventually gonna come and you know sometimes there may be avoidance sometimes there may not but why worry about it especially if you're in a good place right now so what the fuck was the question so i think i answered it as you go on and as you're dating Mm -hmm. or let's say you like how do you know I have some editing to do here. How do you know what? If something is long term or permanent or No, I think How do you know if it's right? How do you know what? Yeah, maybe right. I don't think you know. I think you just I think I think you just Like what if I turn out to be this crazy person? After you start to get to know me. Then I'll just deal with it as it comes. I, I mean, there's always... <laughs> like later, lady. There's always... No, there's... I, I don't... For me, I don't abandon people. I'm not an abandoner. I would try to point out what the issue is and try to work with you to a certain extent. And then if it becomes too much, I would have to... I mean, like, I, w- I would try if it would be possible to remain friends, but... I couldn't be in something that's gonna make me start feeling bad or down Mm -hmm. for a long period of time because you as a person I think you would be worth an amount of time of being in that pocket of trying to make it work Yeah. but I don't know how long I would be able to deal with it because it just depends on what type of crazy it is you know what I mean and I think that's the problem with people now is that they throw relationships away and they don't support the people when they need it. And I think some people will try to test you with their craziness just to see if, you know, if you uh, will bite. Just like, you know, I think that time that I forgot what it was, but I felt that you would kind of got upset about me and you 
like, well, I kind of want to be alone tonight or whatever. I was supposed to come visit you. And I was just like, okay, that's cool. And then I think you got to sitting in and was like, hey, do you mind if I come visit you? I was like, nah, come on. You know, I ain't doing shit. But, you know, <laughs> I think that there is things that people do to see if they can, you know, I, I don't want to say manipulate, but see where they can go with someone. You know what I mean? And I think when when you are who you are and you kind of stand on what you stand on, people respect that and be like, okay, that that's not the way to go with this person. But some people will allow people to push that limit to where they feel uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know, and then it becomes more and more and more and more until you kind of lose yourself, you know what I mean? And I think that any person that's in a relationship if someone pushes your boundaries and you don't have some kind of pushback you're going to end up losing yourself and you're going to be one of those people like i did all of this and then you know you're going to be like weeping and shit because you feel like you just gave all and this person gave you nothing you know i mean when you allow people to step on you i mean i've been in that position before and it didn't feel good and you have to protect yourself without i think um Making a, other, the other person that you with feel like they can't be themselves. You get what I'm saying? Because some people will be through traumas with someone else and come into the next relationship with it. And, mm-hmm. well, I'm not going to deal with it. And I don't want to deal with this and this and that. And I'd be like, nah, I deal with pretty much whatever you kind of throw at me until I can't. And then I'll tell you about it. Then if you don't fix it, then I just got to do what I got to do what's best for me and hopefully you understand and if you don't then I don't know what the fuck to tell you because you gotta fix that shit and you know you can't expect someone just to sit there and be in your shit and that's what I was telling you about you know my the one that I lived with for a long time is that she went through some very very traumatic shit you know and you know I was there for as much as possible but it has to be and into that to where we kind of go from that downswing I have to see that upswing after amount of time because if it's still going down like a year later and it's still going down like a year later then what the fuck you want me to do right this shit till it burn out and you see both of us in the gutter yeah yeah i can't do it so yeah but i think that's the thing maybe the point is going into something new Mm -hmm. we know what we're willing to not put up with right but I, I don't think that you should just write somebody off because it's something that you're not willing to put up. I think, because me, it's nothing that I'm not willing to put up with. It's just for how long will I put up with it for? Because, you know, some people have to see that you will support them through their their low points. And if you can't support a person through their low points, you don't deserve to be with that person when they hit that low. Because... That means that you kind for me, in my opinion, is that a person will leave you when things get uncomfortable for them. Yeah. And that's been the story kind of with me. I'll support people through their shit. And when shit gets a slightly uncomfortable, they will in the bell. And it's like, okay, well, then that means that you're not for me. If you don't, That means you really don't have a real love for me as a person. Yeah. Just because I'm in a low point or I make a mistake or because I'll, you know, it's like... You have to give people some grace because the world isn't perfect. And if you think that you can find something perfect, then, you know, you got to show me where the fuck it's at. (laughs) You know what I mean? Do you think that when people are dating, they still have too high of expectations or unrealistic? 
I think a lot of modern day daters go into it with yeah, with with the Instagram stories but and the. Do men have unrealistic things, and do women? Uh, I think men want sex. Men want, I think maybe peace. You know, it just but it just depends on the men because some men, if they're really okay, if a man is really there for you and want to try to be with you. They want sex, they want peace, they want some kind of nurturing. You know, because what what that does for us is it influences us to go out there and tackle the world and try to build something for the person that we love. You get what I'm saying? Now, if you just a jump off or somebody that they trying to fuck, then no. I think dating is just, you know, trying to fuck and then going about my day and we can fuck and we can have some level of a relationship. But it's not like where I'm spending a whole bunch of money on you. I'm not thinking about what you need, you know, and trying to just help you out in certain ways. It's just like, no. I think when it gets there, it's like, what can we do for each other? If we just kind of like fucking, you know what I mean? What can we do for each other? And I think with women, I think women nowadays, they expect men to spend a shitload of money. Most women nowadays. They want to be treated like a princess. They don't want to have to do shit for the man. And they just think that they deserve that type of treatment just because they exist and they have a pussy in their pants. So that brings me to the who was just cheated on. What's his face? Um, oh, uh, Steve Harvey. Yeah. Okay, so the thing of, that's interesting that you bring that up because Steve Harvey, the thing about his wife, mm-hmm. she was a gangster already. The guy, she was, you know the, the backstory of her? Mm-mm. So her backstory was she was like the girlfriend of some kingpin drug dealer. And he oh. went to jail and she got with Steve Harvey, which was a square ass dude. Uh-huh. And, you know, Steve Harvey, you know, he think like a, a man, what is it, be a woman, think like whatever the fuck his shit is. And he give women this false narrative of that they don't have to bring nothing to the table. I don't know if you've seen that last mm-hmm. thing that he said where, you know, what what do you mean? What does she bring to the table? She can create another you and all of this shit. And it's mm-hmm. like but then, his wife turns around and cheats yeah. on him, which is serendipitous because now who does she cheat on him with? With his own bodyguard that's a street dude that used to be a pimp. She likes street dudes. She got with the square dude because it was safe. Mm-hmm. But who she's really into, just like they say most women are into, most women are into the bad boys. Most women are into the guys that's bad for them. Because guess what? There's excitement. You feel alive. It's not just boring. So what if it's a woman and a woman or a man and a man? Well, like, like I said, I believe that love is love. I don't think that there is any um, discrepancy in that. But I like I was saying, you know, I think, that, that when you are in love, the love should be a partnership. Um, the relationship should be a partnership because it takes both of you to keep it going. But when it comes to gender roles, I think, you know, for me, I think that it's certain things that a role of a woman and a role of a man and whatever duties they kind of map out to what they need is should be a priority to, with their partner in those roles. You get what I'm saying? So for me, if, if I want you to make me a sandwich, then and that's what I need from you to feel loved, why would you not want to make me a sandwich? If you need me to do, um, like you were saying, bring flowers, right, once a month, I should consider bringing those flowers. 
you know what I mean, once a month and doing that stuff for you. You know what I mean? Because that's what you need to feel love. So I think when you talk about it with somebody and y'all come up whatever the roles is in the relationship, you move that way. Yeah, I think that conversation raises a lot of emotions in women because they right. they've attached to this false feminism narrative right. that it's slavery is actually not feminism, and we already talked about this, but mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with showing your person you know love through that way people will stand on a soapbox about it you know when make a big it's issue. like look maybe it's your ego and not really uh, you know the real thing <laughs> like, like i mean what what's so think about it what what a lot of people compare it to right is that if you have a, a stay-at-home wife and she doesn't just like we talked about with you and the stay-at-home husband. I don't care whether it's a stay-at-home wife or stay-at-home husband. Mm. Whoever goes out and gets that bread to bring home to, to keep a roof over whoever's head, yeah. I should. I don't see any problem with that person that's not bringing that money in, doing whatever is necessary to keep that person going back out there to work. Because guess what? That person that's going out every day is the actual slave. They actually have to be at work. They actually have to can't take a break <laughs> from this. You get what I'm saying? They have to go do that so everything is taken care of. So if you so much into yourself and into your pride and into your ego that you making someone some food mm-hmm. is a problem for you, then yeah. you need to get out and go do some shit on your own. You don't need to be in a marriage or a relationship. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, I want my partner to keep me going and support me and show me that they care about, you know, this work that I'm putting in to provide the shit that I provide for that person. You know what I mean? Just what I want. And I deserve what I want if I'm willing to take care of that person to the extent that they're asking me to. So why should it be this one-sided thing where one person is getting what they want and then the other person is like no that's beneath me i shouldn't have to do that because of what the world says and because i'm not your mama i'm not gonna take care of you i'm not gonna wash your clothes i'm not gonna do this for you what the fuck are you talking about how the fuck yeah. does that work i was gonna say something but i lost it you know oh i remember what i was saying okay i was saying that if you are not willing to be selfless wait Okay, not willing to not be selfless. Not willing to be selfless. Okay. You want to be in a relationship, that's not going to work. No. You cannot be in a relationship and not be have some sort of selflessness, right? No, you cannot put yourself first in a relationship. You just can't. <laughs> it's not going to work. And that's not meaning to not take care of yourself. No. And not have your boundaries and not have your, you know. No, it's not, it's that, not that. It's, that. It's a give and take. If you think that you're more important than the person that you're with and that your views are more important than the person that you're with, it's just not going to work. Y'all have to have a compromise on a lot of shit. Because that's not a relationship. Exactly. That's a slave ship or a job. Well, no, that's where I have an issue with some men and some women Mm -hmm. is they want something, Mm -hmm. but they're not willing to change and do the things that will make it a successful partnership. Right. So then what do you want, you know? I mean, I think people just like the person that they're with. 
whether it's a physical trait or whether it's something that they do for them or whatever and they like being around that person but are they really wanting to give that person what they need as well as receive and I think that it's always um, now kind of like being transactional you know what I mean it's almost like well if I get this then you get this and if I get this then you get this instead of it just being like I really want to do this for this person because I care about this person and I like to see this person smile that makes me happy and when that yeah. becomes the, 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 the method of um, exchange in a relationship, mm-hmm. then it grows. But if it's like, oh, well, I'm not going to do this if they don't do that, that yeah. relationship is doomed from the beginning. You know what I mean? And it has to be, I want to see this person happy. I want this person to like me. I want this person. And if it comes from both sides and both people are doing that thing, Mm-hmm. Then it has no choice but to grow. Yeah. But if you have one person doing that and the other person taking, this person realizes that they don't have to give back into that relationship for this person to keep giving. Yeah. You know what I mean? And vice versa. So it has to be a two-way street. And it definitely can't be two people looking to take. You know, it's like two magnets. You know what I mean? Yeah. You look at magnets, you know, one side pushes, one side a pull if you turn it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And if you turn it the right way, they'll just come together. And that's because they both work together to yeah. make something happen. Best analogy in the fucking world. Take that and put it in your <laughs> pipe and smoke it. That was it. That was jazz club uh, <laughs> claps right there, buddy. <laughs> yeah. For real. Jazz club. Claps. All right. Well, that's the end of this conversation. So go think about your ego and your selfishness and fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) If that's what you live in life, fuck off. If not, and you want to have something successful, think about the person, man. (laughs) Think about what you can do for that person. Make that person smile. If you're selfish and egotistical, go take that dating app profile down. <laughs> nah, nah, leave it up, but go to one of them hookup sites. You know what I mean? They got them go sites. Go counseling. Yeah, Shit. yeah, definitely do that. And All think right. about your future, too, man. If you don't want to be alone, because it's getting expensive out here. And COVID is out here. When your ass is sick, who you going to call? It ain't going to be Ghostbusters. But I tell you that, your ass better have somebody you can rely on. It ain't gonna be like, nigga, you, 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 you. Oh, yeah. Well, like, you can rely on me. If you needed something, I would have came and did it for you. Don't do that. I was over here dying you for four dying. days. You wasn't dying. <laughs> you wasn't dying. You said you needed a vacuum. What'd I do? Got no. you that vacuum, <clears throat> buddy. But when I get sick, though, I like to be left alone because I'm just like, oh. I just don't. I just can't afford to get mess. sick. I can't afford it, man. I just can't. You know, but if you needed me, I would have came. I know. I wasn't going to let you die, man. That's why I was calling, checking on you, making sure you was living because you wasn't calling. <laughs> she answered. She curled up in the corner. Cat's eating her toes. Telling uh, y'all, I was dying. She was dying. Watch out for that shit, man. It's getting oh. ugly. I know it's coming, though. I just don't know when I'm going to get it and how. I know it's coming, though. Oh, God. Yeah. All, right. All right, people. Peace out. This is uh, Fluffy and the Virgin. We didn't say nothing in the beginning, but this is us, and we are here, and you are there. And Follow our have, Instagram and TikTok. We've come together like two magnets. Peace. <laughs>